0: Hello and welcome to the Barber's Time Podcast, the official podcast of The Chaser, Stephen McGee. I'm your host, Brandon Barber, and we have finished week five, I believe, and uh, things are starting to shape up. People are separating from each other. Um, Really got the elite stacked at the top there, myself and Germ. And then we move down and we kind of get into the bunch but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's team is that much better than anyone else's. Today, I have Ryan Warner to join me. Warner, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, B-Barbs. How are we doing tonight?
0: Pretty good. I see you just picked up Randall Cobb and T.Y. Hilton. Um, <laughs> now, that I, I, I don't want to start off the pod on a bad note, but that, that seems like a pretty bad note to start off with. How, how desperate are we to pick these two up?
1: Well... Um, so, I was listening to you and Brown uh, before I hopped on with you, and you guys brought up that we have, I feel like across the board, most of us I mean, there's a couple of us that have a um, couple guys that have some decent benches, but I feel like it's honestly so thin that you kind of have to look week to week and then obviously have to decide if you want to use uh, your waiver wire or not. And so, I saw TY's coming back. I know Pittman's balling out right now. Um, and Wentz is like obviously erratic as it gets, but I figured I'd stash TY on the IR. Um, I'd do that. And then I've had a couple of whiskeys and I was checking it out. And so I've got, and we'll get into this later with the, the preview, but I've got OBJ and Julio. And I feel like I can't trust either of them right now. And it's, you know, me being a diehard Packers fan, it's bears week and the bears number one opponent Hated receiver from the Packers in recent history is Randall Cobb because he's just absolutely destroyed them. So for right now, we'll see if I keep him in the lineup. But figured, you know, it'd be a nice little talking point for the for the pod. So
0: there we go. Couldn't resist. Just he's the Packer, and he just can't resist. Goes for it. But I respect it. Looking where you can. Um, But yeah, I mean. Your team's been uh – we'll get into it a bit, but your team doesn't seem like they're a two-and-three team necessarily.
1: Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate thing is, is um, it's kind of like my team's in reverse this year where usually I have, like, pretty solid receivers or, like, last year I had great receivers. Um, this year it's just been so inconsistent. So, um, yeah, it's just tough. Like, usually my running backs are good or suspect, and then I feel like with Chubb and Najee um, – they're doing, they're doing, as in really well. I wouldn't say amazing or great, but they're definitely holding it down. So but we'll get into that later. But yeah, um, I mean, unfortunately, we all know how Monday night went, and I kind of thought, you know, good chance of being three and two going into the week, but Lamar happens. So
0: yeah, that was that was rough. We'll get into that, but uh, let's start off the the recaps with the Jenks Monks versus the Wheelie Bros, and. Sturm looks like a juggernaut out here, just putting up 195 points, leading the league in points for overall. I mean, I was actually thinking his team was kind of cooling off a bit. Kittle hurt, not performing. And then you kind of look up and down. Even his bench blew up with Sutton. Um, I mean, he's got reinforcements with Gronk and Kittle coming. It it looks tough. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I didn't honestly – I, I checked, like, glimmed over, um, or glossed over, yeah, glimmed, glossed over uh, the the previous matchups from this past week, and uh, I didn't even know he had Sutton on his bench. So, you know, if you take rugs out and put Sutton in, I mean, hindsight's 20-20, but he gets a 200-point week. So, yeah, um, I think he definitely found, and we'll see how the rest of the season goes because it's still early, but Jamar Chase, man, he's that's going to be his keeper next year. And he's had a hell of a season so far. Um, Henry Taylor, I mean, and then Herbert putting up 55 points, um, you know, as in that's just one of those weeks where you have to have a perfect week to even compete with it essentially. Um, but looking at cook cook's roster, man, it's one of those things where I'm looking now and at it from last week. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it doesn't look too bad. Just somewhat of a down week. Um, but now with Kyler and D Hop being gone, and I think Higgins being gone as well. Well, and then Patterson's on. Is Patterson with you?
0: No, I traded him to him.
1: You traded Patterson? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, yeah, it, I couldn't remember which, his team which is.
0: His cousins, Diggs, Metcalf, Saint Brown. <laughs> I did, Hood, yeah, Dalvin, Saint Brown. Higby, that's a
1: uh, Gordon. That's a that's a that's that's like my Randall Cobb play, just kind of like a desperation move. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll get in the Cooks, you know, now new roster later yeah, on. Yeah, we can't really discuss yeah. his
0: roster as it is right now because that is a pretty big move, so.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, his team didn't do terrible. You know, one th- what was it, 137? I mean, yeah. as in most weeks that couldn't, you know, that's that's like middle of the pack where you, you could either, you know, have a decent performance with someone as a down week or um that can, win you, that can win you most weeks, though. So he just ran into a juggernaut, like you said.
0: Yeah, my goal was normally 130 to 150. If I get between there, I can say it was a good enough week that I could have I put myself in a position to win. Um, so nothing taken away from Cook's week. It was solid. Um, no Cook, Dalvin Cook, that is. Um, but honestly, it didn't really make that much of a difference because Madison has still been killing it whenever he's in there and by himself. Hopefully this week he gets Cook back and uh, can make a bigger push. Um, like we said... Really tough to talk about his team when it's like the biggest players are gone. So um, Cordero, he took him from me. And, I mean, fourteen, almost 15 points against the Jets. You're kind of hoping for more there. Um, but who knows with Cordero. I mean, he goes on by this week and then comes back in. We'll have to see what he actually does. If this keeps up or not or if it's just kind of a fluke. Um, what do you think? Do you think Cordero can actually keep it up or is, I mean... Do you see so it keep um, continuing?
1: I mean, on, honestly, looking at the Falcons, I haven't paid any attention to them this year. Um, but the thing that you gotta love, honestly, about Patterson is you can put him at receiver or running back. I mean, I know Cook's not really hurting for running backs with uh, Hunt and then Cook when he's healthy or Madison because the thing is, is, Madison's actually played pretty well and Cook has has been out. So, um, but yeah, you gotta love that you can put him at receiver or running back. Um, i don't know if it'll continue just because it's the falcons but i mean the thing is is they kind of have like a helter skelter offense with the crazy thing is ridley was one of my favorite players coming out this year and he's been probably the biggest disappointment so um yeah i don't know but i i think he could i mean i just i haven't paid too much attention to him but if his usage is high then he probably still should see some touches
0: yeah we'll have to keep track of that like you said it, his biggest thing is wide receiver running back. Like he can fit into what three, six, seven, seven, I think, uh positions, yep. maybe maybe six. Yeah. Um yep. I mean on your roster, that's pretty good. But yeah, looking at Durham's team, didn't even get a big week out of Cup or Godwin. And I mean, it's not like Cup had a bad week, seven for ninety two, but definitely not where he was before. But that's what you get when you get Henry. I mean, he's just destroying people. And Taylor looks like if they give him the ball, if they give him enough opportunities, he only got 15 rushes. Like, he got the big pass play as well. Uh, Got over 100 yards receiving. But, I I mean, it's really tough going up against those two running backs. Uh, Two of the top running back uh, duos in the league. And, I mean... Like I said before, you still got Kittle and Gronk coming back at some point. So um definitely a good team by Germ, probably the top team in my opinion right now. Just off of process, you you gotta give it to him in my opinion. So um good win by him, almost two hundred, and uh better days for Cook hopefully. We'll see how the trade works out for him. He's trying at least, making all these trades. So we'll see if they work making, or not.
1: Making tons of moves. We'll see. Yeah yep definitely
0: so let's move on to the next matchup we got thank you come again versus the weak ass pussies and Garrett takes it from Yogi I thought Yogi actually had a good shot at this but Josh Allen going for 46 Emmanuel Sanders going for 19 um I mean even with Edward Soler not doing anything those two together just kind of put the nail in the coffin and uh I mean a solid week by Yogi still on the other side um, nothing. To, it's kind of like Cook, where everyone just kind of put up big big points. You put yourself in a position to win. Everyone just stood better than you at this point. So um what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, it honestly sucks looking at, because it's one of those things, in my opinion, that's like solid, but it really sucks when you, because I mean, at least this past week was pretty much like, you know, the big 12 of uh, Stephen McGee, where every where like half the teams were putting up big points. So Um, I mean, look, the thing is is like looking at Yogi's roster, like they, other than Hawkinson, everyone put up solid points or, you know, above, above average. So it's like, I think
0: Hawkinson got hurt
1: even. So, yeah. So, but the thing is, is like, but you just didn't have any of those guys that popped. So it's like, you know, like Mike Williams, 36 and a half. Then obviously, you know, the quarterback situation where it's like Josh Allen, 46 and a half. So when you just, when you have those guys that put up 30, 35 or more and have multiple of them, it, that, I mean, it's hard to lose whenever you have that that going on for yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, up and down Yogi's roster, like you said, everyone kind of performed pretty well. No one just blew up. And uh, you didn't get a big Keenan Allen game. You didn't get a huge Justin Jefferson game. He did have a really good game, just no touchdowns. And I mean, Stafford, he got the yards. He just didn't get the touchdowns. So um, that was really the biggest thing is, I mean, his whole roster got him two touchdowns on the week. So I mean, when you look at the other side and, and you're just seeing these big numbers, from, like you said, from Josh Allen and Mike Williams is just killing it at this point. Um, I think he's like the number two receiver overall or something, maybe number one. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure if he'll keep that up. I think Keenan will eat back into that, that share, especially just because Mike Williams is always hurt. So uh, if I were Garrett, I'd be moving Mike Williams immediately. I'd be shopping him to every single team and getting him off my Absolutely. team. Cause you can't trust that dude to not fall twenty feet out of there and break
1: his back. So uh. I, I would be I would be offering Williams up and trying to get one of those either like a top tier running back like given one like I'd be trying to move. Here we go, Garrett. We'll help you out. I'd be moving Williams and probably honestly like Javante or somebody else like a decent back and trying to get like a top tier back to pair with Aaron Jones. But that's not my call. So, but I'll just put that out there. And, and I'd also go first
0: for someone who's either underperforming or is coming back from injury like a, uh, I mean, Yogi would never make a move with uh CMC, but go maybe get a Saquon if you think he's going to be all right here soon. But I mean, that's no, you can't do it for Garrett's position because he doesn't have the roster for it. But I mean, just go get an underperforming receiver that is going to turn it around. You know, it's going to happen. Um, But, yeah, I I would get him off my roster immediately because as great as he's been and he looks amazing, I just don't trust him. He's already questionable. So, it's like...
1: The thing that's funny is, is before I actually played Garrett last week, I I was looking at it like I was looking at everyone's roster because I've been trying to, like, decide if I want to make moves or not. And I was like, man, I kind of want Mike Williams. But then, like you are saying, like, I'd get, like, those... PTSD memory flashbacks of him like flying 10 feet in the air and landing on his back and breaking his neck or something so i was like ah maybe not
0: yeah it's really tough to go for a guy like that like i want to give him his due respect because he's been fantastic but at the end of the day like (laughs) i've already seen this story a million times and I, i don't know i'd rather go for a guy like hollywood if i'm trying to get someone who is just kind of blowing up right now
1: yep yep i totally agree
0: but a good one for Garrett and a tough one for Yogi. Honestly, I like Yogi's team. I think Henderson's doing really well. I think Vernet's getting the workload now in Tampa pretty consistently. Enough for, at least for a running back, too. Once he get CMC back, I mean, he's going to have a decent stable of running backs there. His wide receivers are definitely solid with Devontae Keenan and Justin Jefferson. Stafford's a solid quarterback. I mean, I really like his team up and down at the end of the day, so um i mean (laughs) as weird as it is to say yogi has a fairly deep bench with moss davis and drake at like i mean you could do worse so he's got potential there Uh, i know drake's not doing anything right now but he's one of those guys that definitely in the future could do something if jacobs is hurt so um i definitely think yogi actually has a decent season coming for him and uh he can make a run here at some point if he gets healthy but Without CMC, it's going to be tough for him to put up those big numbers, for sure. But let's move on to the next matchup. We're going to go Nuck If You Buck versus Curious Germs. And uh, Dakota takes it 180 to 144. Tough for Brown because he really was feeling himself early. He was uh, just killing it, kind of. And then Barkley goes out, gets hurt after nine rushing yards, and... uh, just an inside note, I had a bet going where it was Barkley and, and uh, Zeke. They had to combine for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And I was like, okay, well, I know Zeke will do a bunch of that, and then Barkley can just add on there. And then Barkley immediately gets hurt after nine yards. Zeke puts up 110 and two touchdowns. So I literally just needed Barkley not to get hurt, and I would have covered. That was a big, like, plus 400.
1: But, uh. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's one of those just where you just chalk it up as damn, that's just terrible luck. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I can feel like it was a good bet because Zeke did do his part like I thought he would. So, I mean, whatever, we'll move on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, putting up 180 when your quarterback gets hurt, puts up 11 points, Diggs does nothing, that's pretty great for Dakota.
1: Yeah, I just love in classic Dakota fashion um, that, you know, he was complaining about getting a total, total of 35 combined points from Russ and uh, DK after the uh, – after the Thursday night game and still ends up with one eighty. So nothing like on Bran Coon. Um I absolutely love to see it. Um yeah, Hollywood Brown man, I mean, honestly like if it wasn't for his debacle in Detroit, I mean he's what, top three receiver in fantasy this year so far. Um so I mean James Robinson has come up huge for him. Zeke getting back on track. And then honestly with uh Atlanta, I mean Pitts is getting the targets the past couple of games. So I mean, if they're smart, um, and Arthur Smith, you know, he had Johnny Smith last year in uh, Tennessee and used him a bunch. So I could see Pitts, you know, trending upwards. So um, I really, I really like Dakota's roster. And then um, with Brown, I mean, it's just like unfortunate, you know, and Ode to Brown, that's unfortunate that, you know, it's kind of going to last year with getting the injury bug slightly. I mean, not as bad as last year yet, but still with Barkley getting hurt, he's probably going to be out a couple of weeks at least. And then with Montgomery getting hurt, um, that sucks. And then also just looking at it and seeing that you get Brady with 51, Evans with 30. So, like, you get 81 from your two, you know, juggernauts. And then it's just like you look down the board. Gibson had a really good game. Um, and then his, you know, specialty guys like Crosby and Carolina's D did well, but everyone else just laid a clunker, unfortunately. So and did did Galladay just not play
0: I thought he got hurt um I, yeah I'm pretty sure he got hurt during the game um okay. looks like hyperextended knee so um uh, yeah he's he's just he hasn't really had it I ever since he got paid and moved to New York I think he's just living that lifestyle not really caring because let's be honest it's the Giants um But, yeah, like you said, 81 out of your top two. You're thinking you're winning that week, no doubt. And it really looked like that until Dakota's team just kind of blew up here. Um, It really sucks for him because uh, Moore, like, Moore's been killing it all year. And then he decides this is the game that he's not going to have a good one. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he put up 144. Like we were saying with everyone else, even more so for Brown, he put up 144 points, like, You you expect to at least be close and basically win those games and it's just it's not great when Barkley gets hurt and basically gets you nothing. And then in a future note, Gibson seems like I believe he has something wrong with his shin. And it's one of those things where like it's gonna hamper him the entire season. Um so I'm not sure what the upside of him what he is. Like, he's still gonna score touchdowns and everything, but I mean, I, I would not be surprised if he takes a bad hit to the shin or something, and all of a sudden he's down another running back there. Um, I mean, I'm just going off of the Brown's luck going forward with, with running backs. He might be playing Jim Conner here pretty soon as a regular guy. Um, I guess he'd be rooting for the Aaron Jones injury. Just get A.J. Dillon in there. It's amazing, though, because Brown somehow, he loses these guys, but he always is able to plug in someone that usually does pretty well, so. Uh, credit to him as a manager i guess you know, he's gonna have some reinforcements with montgomery and judy coming back here soon uh we'll have to see if alan robinson ever clicks but uh yeah i mean brown's roster is kind of a mystery at this point i feel like
1: yeah i will say kudos to brown just obviously from last year i'm not gonna gas him up by any means yet maybe on my second appearance on the pod for this year maybe i will to give gear him up for his playoff run like i did last year um But, yeah, it's like it's one of those things like I I, coming out of the draft, like when we were in Delaware, I remember thinking like, man, I actually really like Brown's roster. But um, just like last year, I mean, just, you know, getting hampered by injuries. But, uh, yeah, it's like you look down and I mean, he has great, you know, second options if the top option gets hurt in any of the backfields. Like, I mean, Connor gets touches regardless, as Arizona has already showed. But Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell's the clear guy in in, uh, San Fran. Um, and then AJ Dillon, if if you know if Aaron Jones gets hurt, man, like he's gonna get easily fifteen to twenty points every week. So do you think those he, he
0: realis- re- realistically could be better than Aaron Jones if he came in and took the full workload?
1: Uh, I just think they're totally different backs. I think AJ Dillon is actually more. People think of him just because of his size as being a bruiser, but I do genuinely think like he's an all around back that doesn't have many flaws. I just think that, like, Aaron, the crazy thing is, and I don't like, you know, looking at PFF grades and, like, determining how good someone is based off that. But the crazy thing is Aaron Jones's PFF grade, um, was 76.1 and Dylan's was 76 on, on the nose. Um, so so I mean, like, they've, they've complimented each other greatly. Um, and it's one of those things, like, off topic, but, like, people were saying when they lost Jamal Williams that, Oh, uh, and, and he was, I love Jamal in regards to like locker room type stuff, leadership, like energy guy, but AJ Dillon, like even last year, you would, he get in the game and you're like, dude, he's, he's better. Like just, he's an all around back and he's a, and he's a bruiser. So, um, I do think though, if he did get like, let's say that roles were reversed, like, I don't think you would see a lack of production or, or much of a difference to be honest.
0: Yeah, I could see that, um, especially if he gets it by himself, then all of a sudden um, doesn't have to share it. And, I mean, the Packers have shown that they'll do that. So, I mean, Brown's got a treasure trove down there. He might lose Mitchell whenever uh, Wilson does come back uh, for San Francisco. But, I mean, right now it's his job. I mean, he's not killing it, but at the same time, at least he has options to, to turn to at running back, which I would say most teams would love to be able to say they have what, five running back options on their bench. I know McKissick isn't necessarily a guy you want to play. Like Brown had said, it's basically whenever he does play him, he's not going to do anything. But when he doesn't play him, he'll put up 40 points. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we'll have to see how that goes. But looking at Dakota's side, even his bench blew up this week with Rondell Moore having that insane sideline catch. Pittman looks yeah. great. I mean, Pollard honestly looks like he could be playable, even with Zeke in. So, um you gotta love being in dakota's position right now um he has to figure out the quarterback position but i would say that's about the easiest position to actually figure out in my opinion because you can just plug in someone and get 20 at least and the rest of the roster is fantastic so
1: yeah no i'm 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 right there with you i mean we'll get into it later but i mean now that he's got kyler and uh and I love his I love his bench depth. To be honest, I think I think out of anyone, he might have the, have the best depth in the in the league right now. But
0: yeah, I forgot he got Kyler, so he he has the uh, quarterback position figured out. So um, yeah, up and down the roster, he hit on some of these lower guys with James Robinson, Hollywood. Adding those guys really helps out um that's really like when you look at the teams at the end of the year it's guys who are able to pick up those guys who are hot we'll have to see if they keep it up but at the same time if they don't he's got the big hitters who haven't been performing in Diggs and aj brown like uh, at the end of the day i think those guys are going to perform by the end of the year and you haven't already but you're still putting up 180 in these weeks so uh, at least this week i shouldn't say these weeks but uh This week he definitely did well. We'll have to see where Pitts goes from here. No Ridley this week, and uh, I think that definitely had an effect, but we'll have to see if he's able to keep it up because obviously there's a bunch of draft stock going into him. So Um, good for Dakota. Better days hopefully for Brown. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) You never know with him. Uh, But let's move on to my matchup here. we got Barbage Time versus Jack Sexhavers. 187 for myself, 126 for Matt. Um, I mean, I was actually not feeling too great about the matchup uh, at some points in Sunday. Um, Really, no one was doing much. McLaurin, Davis, uh, Harris got hurt and fumbled, and then we just never saw him again. Um, But it really opened up whenever Kamara got those two touchdowns and Eckler then just blew it open. So... um, what do you think of Tony over there? By the way, for Matt. Think of who? Tony.
1: Oh, um, that was a hell of a play by him. Honestly, um, just because like what? I mean, let me check real quick. I guess he had a decent week the week before. I really didn't even pay attention, so I mean, that was a really good pickup in regards to just like even stashing on your bench. Um, but yeah, him. He had a hell of a game, I mean, and then the crazy thing was I don't even know when he did it, but obviously punching whoever he punched and getting ejected, that's also crazy in itself, so you got a badass motherfucker on your team now dude that can pop off, but also isn't afraid to fucking throw some punches on the field too, so Um, but yeah, I think in general, like, I mean obviously the score is what it is, but in regards to that specifically, that was a hell of a play by him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was was stressing about it, going into the game Um, seems like he got it half right, because uh, Antonio Brown was the other guy. Ended up sitting him, and at the end of the day, for me, whenever I was, he was asking me who I wanted him to start. The only guy I did actually want him to start was Marvin Jones because I didn't see what he saw. Like I don't care if he's the only receiver there; it's still like the Jaguars. Like I, I don't trust that team outside of James Robinson, so I would not have played him. Um, but I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. At the end of the day. The two I would have probably picked was Brown and Myers. Um, So, I mean, he got Tony. So, at least you know you have that, though, in your back pocket. You can throw in a guy like Antonio Brown and get those points. he will eventually get Mixon back. We'll see about Carson. I think he should be back this week. Um, So, I mean, at the end of the day, 126 for the lowest score of the week is pretty pretty good. Uh, You're right there knocking on the door, especially... When you look at it, he'll only put up 11 in that rainstorm. Mahomes only put up 23. I think if they're able to really open it up, you're seeing him closer to 150, and uh, it's a bit closer of a game. So.
1: Yeah, I don't. The thing is, is like, I mean, if you're only gonna get 33 out of Patty and Tyreek, I mean, as in, you know, not consistently, but I mean, Tyreek will put up 33 on his own, like every other two or three weeks. So, um, just those two getting that. Um, And then it's just like, you know, you find it happening like with every team that, you know, you want guys to pop. But as in when Tony, you know, the risky plays, you're only like big performer, like probably not going to have the best week. So Um, and then when, you know, you have the top three tight end, well, actually top two now, Mark Andrews dropping a 40 piece on uh, Monday Night Football. That doesn't help your cause either. I know you had already won, but that uh, that just makes the score more inflated.
0: I mean, me playing Matt, it's kind of perfect that the game was already out of stake. And then just kind of to drink, uh, put that little bit on top, you get Mark Andrews blowing up. And he goes from like, I think number like 15 or something tight end. I don't know the exact number, but it was like in the double digits. And now he's number two because of a 40 point game, because that's that's like three weeks for a tight end, 40 points. So um, Matt and I were talking. He was like, I feel like he's due for touchdowns and he's due for a big week. And of course it would happen when I play him. So luckily for him, it didn't matter at the time, but it does for our bet. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with how, how the team turned out this week, putting up 187. Um, I mean, the way I constructed it was two big running backs do their thing, Dak can throw in a 30 piece. And then you just have to have one of the wide receivers hit basically, or two of, out of the wide receiver's tight end, basically, and you're putting up a huge week. Um, got basically nothing out of Baltimore defense, which I was expecting a lot more against that ND defense, but, I mean, props to Indy. They killed it on that Monday night game. But still lost because of my boy Mark Andrews, Hollywood, and uh, Lamar, the Ravens fan of the league, is happy. Um, but, yeah, I'm...
1: So, what, are we, are we officially switching allegiances, or is this like... Or what, what do we got here? I'm always, I've am always i I've been slightly confused whether you're still a diehard Vikings fan or if you have completely switched over to the Ravens.
0: So I am a Vikings fan. Uh, I've never been diehard. I would never put myself as that because I would sacrifice an entire Vikings season if I won the Stephen McGee championship. So I, I don't think anyone uh, I who says it. that could ever say that they're a diehard fan because I'm not really an NFL fan at the end of the day. But I like fantasy. But I will say that... The whole Ravens thing started because Kale just switched his allegiance out of nowhere and became an Eagles fan because he lives in Philly. So the whole joke is that I'm now a Ravens fan because I live here. And I mean, at the end of the day, when the Ravens do well, I sell more product. So I'm I'm a Ravens fan for sure.
1: <laughs> hey, if it's if it's affecting that cash, it's going into that pocket, man. I mean, I can't I can't blame you, but we'll blame Kale for. Uh... For any you know fan wrongdoing or however anyone wants to perceive it, it's always it. Kale's so, fault. K- Kale, the commission is an easy blame.
0: Exactly, always blame it on Kale. But I mean, even looking at Matt's team though, he um, got those big weeks out of Hubbard, got a big week out of Tony, and then you're looking at it like Waller, Hill, and Holmes. You get those guys putting up regular weeks, not even big weeks, just regular weeks for them, and all of a sudden. I mean, he's right up there with everyone else. So, uh, nothing to be ashamed of here for Matt. I think he is definitely a strong team going forward. I don't know. Did he make any other trades? Is this his roster going forward, or did he make <laughs> trades? You never know I, with him.
1: I I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I will looked, say I looked, and it looks like weird. it's the same. I will say it sounds super weird, but when I saw Tyreek in his flex spot, I thought of bad luck. Like, and I don't know why it doesn't – that obviously makes zero sense because, like, obviously you have Eckler in your flex and, like, you could obviously switch it. But, like, I don't know. Like, I've done that before and, like, I feel like it's, like – it clearly does not matter and affect anything. But, like, I just – if you got that wide receiver one, like, put him in that wide receiver one spot. Like I got you. I mean, I used to do a Tyreek too,
0: but I don't know how it turned out actually. But um, maybe that is a thing. But, like you said, Eckler did go off for me in the – in that spot. I kind of like doing it because the other team, whenever they're looking at your roster, they're like, Oh, okay. Uh, he's starting to Harris at running back, man. I have a good, good chance this week. And then all of a sudden they look down and they see Eckler down there. Like, Oh, okay. And it, (laughs) it always catches them off guard when you get that 30 point from the, uh, from the flex spot. So I like it as the, uh, kind of the sneak factor, but yeah, overall pretty happy with the week. Um, had some down weeks, but, uh, when you get those big point weeks, like you were saying, you get the 30-plus, 40-plus, it's really hard to lose. So uh, better weeks probably coming from Matt. Seems like he might be getting healthy here this this week. Probably don't want to play him this week. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to your matchup here where you got the SOAS Canal versus Complicated Fellas. And, Warner, you won this, correct? Like Monday night did not happen, you won this?
1: Uh, we are going to stop the count. As of Sunday at uh, midnight. So, actually, yeah, we can I, just, I, I, we'll I,
0: I, we I even give them Monday up to the third quarter and you've won, right?
1: Yeah. Actually, if you wanted to get super, you know, specific with it, you could probably, you know, find the time where it was like, I don't even know, probably like 10, whatever at night. And I was clearly going to win. Um, like I had said, I think I said it in the group meet. Um, it was one of those weird things where, like, I eas- so I took my melatonin and I was like, I honestly don't want to watch the rest of this because it was
0: it was a I- bad game.
1: I- you can- you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it was twenty five to nine, or was it? Or it was it, it was like not that. a good when game. It was-, it was a blowout. One.
0: Yeah, it was a blowout.
1: So Lamar fumbled at the one, and then the Colts took it back to like whatever it was, the thirty, because they they uh, brought it back off the touchdown, and right then and there, I. I was, like, I popped my melatonin because I was, like, I was going to watch the whole game, and then I saw that. And and at that point, I'm pretty sure the Ravens strung together, like, two pretty nice drives and just didn't capitalize. So, like, the game flow was, like, pretty much geared, you know how it is, man, garbage time, like, literally, like, murders you. So I'm just, like, man, like, I could see, like, obviously I could have woke up in the morning and still won by 15 or whatever and wouldn't have been shocked. But I was, like, they're moving the ball on them, man, like, I'm pretty sure that they're, like, unless Lamar, like, and clearly he popped the hell off and had one of his best games of his career, of course. Um, But, like, I woke up and was like, well, I also wasn't shocked by that either, as crazy as it sounds.
0: Yeah. Uh, At the end of the day, I was thinking the Ravens, anytime they get down, they normally just roll over. Like, you see them moving the ball, but a lot of times I just remember them just kind of not really doing much. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter comes around and they're sitting Lamar trace McSorley's out there trying to throw touchdowns. And, uh, I'm sure you would have liked that, that timeline a bit more. Um, but I mean, looking at it, we've said it over and over, but 161 points, you expect to win. Like Dawson Knox seems like a great pickup for you. You've been looking for that tight end. Tunyon really hasn't been scoring the touchdowns. Like, uh, everyone thought he would this year. Um, but I mean, if Dawson Knox is going to put up a top three tight end type of season, pretty happy with that. Right.
1: Yeah. I I mean, honestly, like the craziest thing is, is like kind of alluding to what we were saying earlier, like mentioning how the benches are so thin. Um, like I was shocked, like, and, and obviously me picking them up myself, I was like, I can't believe I didn't do this earlier. Cause Tanya and I mean, I can get into that. That could be a whole rant in itself. Um, I blame that more on Lafleur and Rodgers than I do on Tunyon himself. But um, but yeah, like I I saw the waiver wire and I'm like, dude, no one's picked up Knox yet. Like, and he wasn't. I think he was like what top seven or eight tight end at that point, maybe before that game. But um, I don't even know what he was. But is it like, worth rostering? Like, though. But I was, I was kind of shocked. Like no one had picked him up, and I'm like, you know what, man? Like I got Tunyon and Rodgers in the in the my you know image photo whatever with uh with my team but i'm like man i gotta make a move because tanyan's not doing shit and uh so i picked up Knox. and um the crazy thing was is so i was watching the game with a couple buddies and so we're watching the game i said dude if Knox can somehow outperform kelsey like i'm definitely gonna win this fantasy matchup probably jinx myself but um but he did and it was just like so it kind of like and so the way i'll put it is i think Knox is like probably a slightly better, like, I don't even know, like, skill-wise, but just, like, fantasy better option than Tunyon was last year. Because it's like, he doesn't get targeted, you know, a ton, but, like, him and just Allen have this connection. Um I would so, say the biggest yeah, thing is probably I, I that he's
0: able to catch those down-the-field ones where Tunyon really doesn't get that. He at least doesn't get those looks. Not that he necessarily can't do it, but he just doesn't get those looks like Knox has.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing that sucks, is last year Tunyon was getting, and that's how Tunyon was scoring, is he was getting, not all the time, but I'd say like probably three or four of his touchdowns were big plays because um, the the offense, the, I mean, that's the whole different topic, but like the Packers' offense has kind of changed. They've kind of resorted back to like more 2019 than what they were doing last year. Um, but yeah, I love like Knox for me. We'll see what happens. You know, he could easily get me like three or four points this upcoming week and trend downwards. But I, as in, you know, selfishly, I just, I love that pickup, so
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're looking for, if you don't have one of the top couple tight ends, which I know he is a top tight end right now, but he doesn't get the same type of looks that a Kelsey does, that a uh, Waller does, obviously. Um, All you're looking for is touchdown chance, and he has it. He even has a bit of big play chance, so um, definitely got to be pretty happy with that. Najee, the offensive line actually looks pretty good in Pittsburgh right now, and I mean, Big Big can't throw the ball very far unless it's literally just a hail mary to Claypool, which it's a whole other story. But um, Najee seems like he's going to be a pretty nice dual threat back out there and uh, should be pretty solid going forward for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love what I'm seeing from uh, from Najee so far. Um, and like you said, the pit, and the thing is, it's crazy, is, is like imagine if you had a good offensive line. Because it's like I, I watched during the Packer game, it's – as in, and the Packers' defensive line is, I, I would say it's okay, but I'd say it's even leaning towards suspects sometimes, other than Kenny Clark and then Gary and Smith are solid, but the rest are a bunch of just kind of like random uh, plug and play guys. But um, as in, he wasn't getting shit, man. He was still, he like he's the type of guy that is kind of a rare back where you need like three or four guys to bring him down. So if they can figure something out and kind of gain some momentum from last week, he'll. I think he can consistently put up 20 to 30 points.
0: Yeah, I I can see that for sure. He's a rookie, so we'll have to see if he fades at the end of the year. But he feels more like a a Derrick Henry type, where he's probably going to get better as the season goes on. Once it starts getting colder, I have a feeling Najee could break off some big ones here. Uh, Love him and Chubb Uh, It's a solid running back duo for you. Uh, Looking at the other side for Kale. Uh, I mean, you basically got beat by two players. You got beat by your boy, Devontae, and you got beat by Lamar. Like, at the end of the day, that was the two that beat you.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, like you were saying earlier, like, I'm the polar opposite of you. Like, I live and die by the Packers. isn't like, I, you know, I'm a diehard Wisconsin fan, too, but, like, I've accepted what they are at this point, so I just, like, watch them more so for fun, and they don't, I don't want them stress me out as much. I am, like, an absolute psycho when it comes to Green Bay, so it's, like, one of those weird things were, like, as much as I love this league, like, there was no ounce of me that was worried whether Rogers was throwing Adams the ball. So I'm just watching it, and I'm just, like, soaking it up. Because, like, Adams is my second favorite player behind Rodgers um, in the NFL. And it's one of those things that just pisses me off because Cale kept saying it and saying it at the draft. And then, like, previously it was, like, I'm not letting Warner get Devontae Adams. And then, of course, like, the week that we play each other... Devonte outscores Rodgers by nine points. So kudos to you, Kale, because um, as in you win the matchup. But as in it was your it was your time coming because I, I won a couple points bets last year. Um, so I'll give it to you. But yeah, it's seeing Adams do that after the fact, you know, once the emotion wears off of the game, I'm like, damn, dude, did he really have to have his best game of his career, yardage wise, like against me? But I'll take it.
0: At least you, out of anyone in the league, can take it in stride because, like you said, you benefit from him going crazy, so at the end of the day, at least you got that in the back pocket. Uh, Looking at Kale though, I really got to give him credit for being able to get these quarterback decisions right. He seems to get it right most weeks. Um, Lamar putting up 53 this week. Some people would have rode with uh, Jalen because Jalen's been better fantasy-wise, it feels like, recently, but obviously he would not have gotten the win if he did that so uh props to kale for doing that uh debo has been solid still stay solid this week um deontay seemed like he's just going to get better and better with juju out and swift i mean he looks really good out there i mean it's a really shitty team but swift seems like he's going to have value the rest of the year made the move for kelsey didn't really work out this week, but I mean fourteen from a tight end, you're still pretty happy with that, especially during a down week where you're down the whole game, it's raining, and the Bills were just kind of on one that game. Chiefs looked really off. Um, think better days are coming for Kale. Still think his team is very solid. Um, or sorry, he he did win this week, but I mean I think he, he actually has like the rest of his team didn't perform to where they could have. So, um I don't know. I like both your teams here. Um, like I said earlier, it doesn't feel like your team is a two and three team. It probably shouldn't be outside of the Monday Night Miracle. So um, I definitely, if you're if you're looking to move Lamb, I would be interested because I would love to get that stack. But I don't know if I would move off of him if I were you. Um, seems like he's going to be solid at each and every week. And uh, I will say you got to be a bit afraid about Lockett going forward now that Geno's there but Russell Wilson seems like he's probably not going to listen to the doctors probably going to try to play anyways. So maybe that's going to be fine anyway.
1: Yeah. We can, uh, we can chat about that at some point. The thing that really pisses me off is so like, I wanted to hit on this at some point in the pod because the narrative around Lockett is definitely, you know, based off his past, like a hundred percent, like spot on, like that he, you know, is in like has these big games and then like falls off and whatnot. But if you watch the actual game on Thursday night, which I'm pretty sure most of us did, he should have 40. That arguably could have been his best game of his career as in. So he had the, the 40, whatever it was, seven yard pass interference penalty, right? Where the dude tackled him before he caught the ball. Um, Then he had the touchdown before the half on which I would have said is a suspect holding call, but whatever it is, what it is. I still wouldn't have won. And then he had another like 60 yard bomb where he was wide open and would have scored, but Russell missed him. And yeah, it's just one of those things, like, the thing that I, I think the thing that sucks for Lockett, based off of me having him this year and watching, is his production is so dependent on those, like, big shot plays. And even though Russell is great at throwing the deep ball, like, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, no matter how great of a quarterback you are, like, those are tough throws to make. So I just think, like, his he'll get the targets, but I think his, like, efficiency is probably going to be suspect from that. For yeah, sure. d- definitely a big,
0: big variance there.
1: And then the thing that sucks is, that's killing me is I didn't really watch the game last week with the, as in, cause I was, um, kind of just like, I was at Mayapple last week watching the games. After the Packer game, I didn't even really care about watching football cause of how much stress that gave me. Um, probably like top five most stressful Packer game I've ever watched. But anyway, um, so with Odell, man, it's like, as in last week, I know he only got three targets, so like for whatever reason, Baker wasn't targeting him. But it's like there were multiple times in that Vikings game two weeks ago where he's wide open, like could have easily had a hundred yards, like two tuds, and Baker is just absolutely dog shit. Like that quarterback, man, like if he ruins Odell's cause, like Odell, I don't I think Odell's overrated at the end of the day, but I still think he's a very good receiver. But I think he's getting absolutely ruined by baker and it, it's you just hate to see it when he's on your roster
0: now looking at my timeline on twitter biggie's timeline that shows up somehow every single monday my entire timeline is just a brown's like basically just brown's twitter all over the place and he somehow thinks that baker's elite and is great and uh i'm in your your camp where i'm, I'm not seeing it
1: baker baker is overrated And I don't even know outside of. I was gonna say outside of Browns
0: fans, I don't know anyone who does.
1: Well, but the thing is, crazy is you know how Browns fans are. They're they're like those psychopath, like loyal fans that just like, as in, like their players could do no wrong, and it's like, and and it just might have been like a random Twitter thread, but I had seen where like I have this one dude that I follow. Recommendation as in I know we we would get to that later, but follow Knicks underscore tape ninety nine. Great follow on Twitter. But anyway, so he uh he found this, like, thread of – or he said something because he hates Baker. And he he's just, like, a satirist-type dude on Twitter. And so he brought up about, like, the Browns trading for Rodgers in the offseason. And so many Browns fans, like, lost their mind, like, saying that, like, Baker rides for this city. How could – Rodgers isn't that type of guy. Like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, yo th- – like And this was, like, before this season. And Baker had, like, an okay season last year. And that was before this year and he's like there's browns fans and there was a lot of them that were like talking a ton of shit to him and it's like that they love baker and he's ride or die and it's like i don't care how ride or die you are man you still got to do well like you still got to perform and know oh, man like he's i don't like watching him play so i'll just leave it at that
0: <laughs> yeah uh i mean overall you are kind of with the browns there with uh Chubb and Beckham so hopefully for I you am. that things can turn around a bit i mean they're a good team so i think Chubb is definitely going to keep his value seems like he's a lock to get over 100 every week and he's just so efficient with his carries like he's getting 20 carries but he's still averaging what 5 yards a carry easy um this week he was even higher than that so you definitely got to be happy with that division. Doesn't look terribly hard. It seems like the Ravens are definitely beatable this year. Pittsburgh isn't locked down this year um, like they have been in past years. Cincinnati's always beatable. Um, yeah, I mean overall, I would be pretty happy with the position you're in there with the uh, with your backfield. Uh, but yeah, overall, good week from everyone. Honestly, uh, big numbers across the board. Um, Warner, do you have your power rankings? Are you ready for that?
1: I got them right next to me.
0: All right, go ahead and give us a rundown, 10 to 1.
1: All right, so starting at number 10, um, I had heard last week, I think you had good old thank you come again at number 8, but um, I do agree with you that I I don't think Yogi's roster is necessarily bad, as in, like, it's definitely better than it's been in past years. Um, But I got to give Yogi the 10 spot because, as in, he is the lowest performer. He is 1 in 4. And I just want to make a point. I don't even know if Yogi listens to the pod, but show up to the draft, man. Like maybe you'll have some better luck, get some better vibes being around the boys, maybe draft a better team instead of trying to, you know, do it on your FaceTime and us while you have a fire drill at your apartment in Charlotte, come hang out with the homies, man. Like have a great time at our Airbnb. Maybe you'll have some better luck. Um, So Cook is lucky. He might hear me from upstairs while he's in his room um cook is lucky that i just wanted to send some shit to yogi but at number nine i got the jinx monks um we'll see if cook changes his name uh it's usually week to week but (laughs) i'm just laughing at myself from that side but i put a note down going from patty to kyler to Kirk cousins as your quarterback options is an all-time bad move like we can judge the rest of the moves based on receivers running backs that were traded but Going from Patrick Mahomes to Kyler, which are arguably the one-two-two-one, two, two, one, however you want to put it, quarterback options in fantasy to Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry, man, that, that's all time bad.
0: It also um, added on top of it that he traded all those draft picks for Mahomes, so it's like now you got Kirk Cousins after giving up your third round pick.
1: Yeah, I didn't even. Uh, I didn't even think of that to be honest. Yep, makes it even worse. So, but I'll move on, Cook. I know you are you really care about your team, care about the league. So I expect you to put your best foot forward um, and keep, keep grinding. So anyway, at number eight, and this is like, I'll say at this point, um, after those two teams that I honestly like, I think it could, in three weeks, this could all change. Um, so I'll say at eight, I have the weak-ass pussies. Um, I'll say that I definitely could see Garrett's team trending upward um for sure um i think just like biggest disappointment unfortunately for him is calvin Ridley. um like i honestly thought that guy was going to be a top three receiver in fantasy like i i can say that i thought that before the season and he's just who knows what's going on with him man like he missed out on london for whatever reason and um just hasn't done well so i don't know what's going on there but um i do like his roster um so at number seven i've got myself the complicated fellows um biggest concern for me with my roster is definitely my receivers um just in general i think cd is going to be fine long term but um locket obj and i heard you talking to brown last week about it man it's crazy like whoever would have thought like because julio didn't end up playing but i understood your guys skepticism um but it's like whoever would have thought you know julio was not like a start starting like worthy option in fantasy and it's just like it's insane to think about um, so, but I mean, I, I, I love my running backs. I think I found a little gem in Knox. And then, uh, I do love, we'll see how it goes the rest of the year, but I think the Bills defense might be kind of big for me the rest of the year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, at number six, I have the Jacked Sex havers, good old M. Smith. Um, tons of potential with Patty and Tyreek. Um, my biggest thing is, is I don't even know where to rank Matt. I felt like having Matt is like the, Like I'd rank nine teams and then just have him as like a plug and play because it's like who like Matt could have a totally different roster by the end of the week. So um, who knows what he'll pull off the rest of the year? He's only got thirty nine moves this year. What did he have last year? I mean, like hundred and twenty moves. So um, who knows? Um, So at number five, I got Nuck a few buck. Good old uh, Browns team. So let's see. I love. I do love his roster. Um, I would just say the thing for me is like the injury bug. Unfortunately, um, he clearly pulled it off last year um, with his ragtag uh, bad news bears group. But um, and then once those guys get healthy, we'll see. But um, I like the roster a lot. Just going through some injury stuff. Um, so let me see here, Barbara, I got you at number four. Um, even though you are four and one, I do love your running backs um, with with Kamara and Eckler. Let me pull it up here quick. The thing is, is I would say, like, similar to me in a different regard, I think our receivers are, like, good, pretty solid on paper, but still, like, kind of suspect. Like, McLaurin's, obviously, I love Scary Terry. Um, The only thing is, is, like, Woods, he had a big week this past week, and I know they're trying to get him more involved, but, you know, it's one of those things, like, we'll see moving forward how that goes. Um, Brandon Cooks, he's done well, hasn't he? I mean, I know he didn't do well last week, but um yeah he's been good yeah so like he's done well um and then claypool had a big week last week but i feel like he's kind of like hit or miss like it's pretty much kind of like a mike williams scenario on like a little smaller of a scale um which is kind of funny i feel like they're like literally like the same receiver um but anyway i got you at four um and then at three i got curious germs the good old codester um i just love to code his depth Honestly, like after looking at uh looking at his roster, um, one of the hidden gems for him is I don't even know where he got him in the draft, but I love Michael Pittman Jr. Um, he's clearly the number one for for once there. So and then the other thing is is Hollywood Brown, he's hit on that, and then James Robinson being what like I think he got him in the sixth seventh round, his hit on that. So got Pollard on the bench, so and Pollard's done well, so he's got that split with Zeke um where if Zeke ever went down Pollard would step right in and um arguably Pollard you know has had a better year he just doesn't get the same touches um so I love Dakota's roster um and then so at number two I got the Soaz Canal hate hate the name um hated it when Kale was explaining it to us at the draft but I do love Kale's roster um it kind of reminds me of mine from last year Even though I would say his could be slightly better in regards to the receiver threat, like, and I would obviously put Kelsey in that as well. Um, Like, his running backs are pretty suspect, but when you got Debo, um, Debo's like, you know, he could put 30 to 40 any week. Um, And then Deontay Johnson's the clear cut number one in Pittsburgh. Um, I like him a lot. And then I like him moving forward. Like, I think he's going to be a future stud and then of course he's got the goat receiver right now in Devonte, um and then getting Kelsey at tight end I thought that was a good move um you know for Brown to like get some depth because like he's getting some injuries unfortunately but um I think Kale I, and fleece he didn't fleece Brown but I thought based off the value and how Kale maneuvered that I loved Kale getting Kelsey just because it just added another weapon on his roster so um have Kale at number two and then got to give the wheelie bros the handicap emoji j-star number one um easy we'll take him off that number one mantle if he doesn't come on the fucking podcast ever um get your fucking ass on here dude but anyway um the thing is is like you know we could look at his roster and i love henry taylor herbert chase is obviously a baller like i mentioned earlier cooper cups having a great year but he's got 800 points and he's, you know, got way more points than the rest of us. So that kind of speaks for itself. So, but yeah, those are, those are my rankings. And, and I honestly think they're going to fluctuate a lot throughout the year. So
0: it definitely seems like a fluid week where for me, I actually don't like Kale's team as much this week as I did last week after the trade, but I look at the trade and we're looking at, um, I, I mean, Robinson really isn't, gonna do much it seems like at this point which is crazy how i thought there was some promise and now there's basically no promise um and then you also look at the whole gibson injury with the shin and you don't like that you'll take kelsey out of that all day he got rid of two problems and got in kelsey so um it's weird because i just i'm not a fan of having edmonds and swift at running back but we'll have to see how that goes moving forward um but yeah i mean like you said, I think th- things are going to really um, kind of be pretty fluid here. Um, I will say let's get into the preview here since I am talking about Kale's team. We'll just start with him. we got Soez Canal versus the Weak Ass Pussies. And looking at Kale's team, um, he's favored on projections for this week. Um it's really just the top guys just need to perform. You get Lamar performing, you get Devontae performing, you get Deontay performing, and Swift, and then get some out of Kelsey, and you're pretty happy because then you can just kind of trickle in whoever's behind there. So um, you you definitely kind of have the uh, the top end there with Kale.
1: Yeah, I think it's just one of those things. It'll be interesting. Now we're actually going to have you know to use a little bit of skill here with because like he's got Debo out with the. Uh, you know, bye week. So now we're hitting these bye weeks. So um, we're going to have to maneuver some guys around. But yeah, this is one of those ones that I had marked up as a, and it's like, it's going to be somewhat redundant because I have three of the matchups is like kind of toss ups. Um, just because like looking at the the matchups, I'm not really sure like how to lean because it's like one of those things where I feel like Devontae is going to kind of come back down to earth a little bit because I feel like Chicago is going to like bracket him or like even send three dudes at him somehow because like he gets like 40 percent of the target share from Rodgers so I I feel like he can't do as well as he did last week but I wouldn't be shocked if he did um but yeah like I don't like Chennault I, I literally have no idea how to feel about him um Edmonds has been a disappointment I liked Edmonds pre-draft and he's been a disappointment I think it's just because Connor's been kind of fucking him i think he's
0: actually been all right as far as points wise but definitely like pre-draft you were hoping he was going to have a lot more than connor and right now connor is taking a huge chunk out of that basically doing nothing with it outside of scoring touchdowns but like you said you're you were hoping for more out of him but at the end of the day you you put up 12 10 11 19 in this past week you put up the 2.9 pointer um I mean, it seems like he has a shoulder issue, so that's probably what it was. Um, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't play this week, and Kale has to throw in Josh Jacobs, which honestly might he should probably do that anyway. Uh, Jacobs looked all right.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't see what. How did Jacobs do last week? Let's see. Okay, so he, I mean, he got 15 totes. I will say that I do think that um, I think this will be a bounce back rate week for like Raiders players in general. Um, cause I just think I could see them like kind of rallying around each other after like obviously you know, the whole grid scandal, but, um, I could see them doing well. And Jacobs, I, I mean, he's always kind of been like a fringe type where it's like, is he a superstar? Or is he like a star? Is he just kind of like a good back? I think it's more like he's more like a good back, but, um, that I could see him doing well this week. Um, the one guy that is super intriguing that I think is super risky for Kale to play is Daryl Williams. Um, especially having Jacobs just because I saw a stat today where Kansas city faces the lightest boxes in the NFL and they have the third or second lowest run rate. So they just don't like, and that's, I mean, they have probably, you know, their defense is bad, which is their main issue, but they need to run the ball more. So it's one of those things like they could either run it a lot this week because of, you know, seeing this, stat like that, or I just, I don't know, playing a Kansas city running back in general would just like, Kind of give me anxiety, so
0: I agree um, with that. I don't really like that. I actually, I've lo- I've not watched a bunch of Casey games, but every time I turn it on, seems like the one time that McKinnon actually touches the ball, he looks super explosive and really good. And I don't know why that offense isn't using him. Um, I feel like if Andy Reid ever designed some plays for him, which now would be the time, now that you don't have Ed- Edwards um I could definitely see McKinnon being the actual guy that you want in that backfield. I mean, just a couple of years ago, we were projecting him to be one of the breakout candidates at the 49ers. So I could definitely see him kind of fitting that offense. He seems like he would be the big hitter. He is literally called jet McKinnon. So I, I could see him doing the breakaway stuff that it couldn't do. Um, we'll have to see because he's definitely an interesting guy this week. I would say, um, We'll have to uh see how they handle that. But looking at the other side, we got Garrett. Um basically with Garrett this week, you're hoping that the Packers just destroy the Bears. Like I mean, they don't normally destroy the Bears, right? It's normally fairly close, at least in Chicago, right?
1: Yeah. I mean the thing that's crazy is is I saw a stat today where they're nineteen and three against the Bears in their last twenty two, but isn't it always is a good game. I mean, for the most part, there's been a couple blowouts the Packers have had, but um, especially in Chicago, like you said, like it's it's usually a close one, and I expect it to be. Um, Packers had a tough game last week. Bears built a little confidence last week um, against the Raiders, so I, I could see this being a a lower scoring game than people would think because the Bears have a great defense.
0: Did you happen to see uh, the new stadium plans for the Bears, or at least the the land that they bought?
1: Yeah, I didn't see like the. I just had, you know got the like super uh, macro like description of it but it's like an hour outside of chicago essentially
0: yeah it, it should be like a half hour but with chicago traffic and everything it becomes like an hour and it's like on the map it looks very close but it takes a while to get there like you you know how that goes um i mean <laughs> we'll have to see because that have you ever been to chicago and seen Sh- soldier field
1: well i i funny i've only driven through chicago but i've seen soldier field is like literally smack dab in chicago yeah
0: so like the strip is like right there like the the buildings and everything just kind of go in a line right in front of it and then it's like one block and then it's soldier field is right next to the museum there and it's just it's a great spot for a stadium it's walking distance for basically everyone in the city if they really wanted to um there's a huge bar scene there I would hate to see like I'm not a Bears fan obviously I would say like basically no one in the NFC North hates each other outside of everyone hates the Packers and the Packers hate everyone except for the Lions who who cares about the Lions but I would hate that for them because if I ever went and saw a Bears game, I would want to be able to walk to a bar after the game and before the game and stuff like that. And it just doesn't seem like a great look for them to move it way outside the city. Just like knock down Soldier Field and build a new one in its place. Like even if it has to be a bit smaller, just go ahead and do it because that's too good of a spot to not do that. Sounds
1: like they're uh, giving me FedEx Field vibes with their new uh, new stadium. I mean, it's, I it's very similar before, actually, but it's like yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Like as in that stadium is fucking massive, but it's like there's nothing around it. Like
0: (laughs) it's awful to get to though too, because like every highway leading into it is just awful traffic. I mean it's DC. And meanwhile RFK is like right on the edge of the city. It's in a perfect spot. Like I pass it all the time when I'm passing through D C and I'm just like this was such an easy drive to get here. Like I will say maybe for game day traffic, they do have like a three lane road going into it. That's kind of the main one, um, at least coming from Maryland. Um, So maybe that isn't as great, but just like Chicago, like I don't care if the stadium has to be a bit smaller, like there's not 90,000 Redskins or Washington football team fans that really even want to go see your games there. So let's just make it a bit smaller and have it be sellouts every year. Every week. I mean, I don't know. I would much rather have a 60K stadium than a 90K stadium and it be in the middle of my city. So, um, yeah, either way, um, let's not spend too much more time on this. Um, I mean, who, who you got in this one? I think it's probably Kale. Uh, I do like Schultz for, for Garrett as a wild card there. He seems like he can catch a couple touchdowns every week. But at the end of the day, um, I think Kale's big hitters are going to carry him through this one
1: um i'm still very salty from last week so i i honestly didn't know who to choose but i just figured i'd go with my fellow uh, my fellow cheese said uh, garrett because fuck kale fucking there. dickhead
0: there you go <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next matchup we got the jack sex havers versus the curious germs and uh this is a uh, kind of a new look team on either side uh we got matt making those big moves um he didn't have his actual team last week though because mixon and carson weren't playing so now we're finally seeing more so what he's going to have going forward um not sure if he's going to have tony this week or not or if he would even play him seems like he likes the marvin jones angle i'm not so sure about that i would probably just try to ride with tony for right now but i can see him being scared of uh jalen ramsey on the other side shutting him down a little bit but um curious germs over here dakota making a great move right when he gets russell wilson hurt makes the move goes get kyler gets Nuck and higgins even like i think that's a great move for dakota here um after the the wilson injury i actually did like it for for cook as well uh getting those top two receivers there but for dakota's needs and everything um it really fit for him to to make that move for sure.
1: No, I mean Dakota definitely had the luxury too, like I was saying earlier, with his depth, and he was able to able to keep it with that move too. Um, but yeah, it's like I I can't even be critical of Matt, like saying like he's playing Marvin Jones because I am fucking playing Tyler Lockett and Odell, and then have Julio. So one of those things where it's like I don't what 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 happened with Tony? What's his issue?
0: I believe he got I know he, he was
1: he got like him?
0: he was injured, but uh, it wasn't like serious. He said he was good to go. Um, so i'm not exactly sure i think this move with him being benched by matt is more so to do with jalen ramsey and him not trusting a backup quarterback out there and glennon versus the rams defense which i can totally see a world where glennon is back there just getting sacked nonstop by um by the big boys up front there for the rams i mean aaron donald is probably gonna have a field day there and uh I, I could totally see that game being like thirty to five or something like thirty five like seven and yeah now that really I th- doing now his- that
1: I think about it though I think Matt might just be pulling a move uh, from his former favorite football coach of all time Matt Heiser and sitting Tony for just doing a despicable move punching an opponent during a game that does seem um, like something Matt you know, would do just, just like Matt Heiser hates undisciplined football so I can understand why he has him on his bench lock him um, down Matt but teach I- him a lesson good.
0: Oh, I was just adding in there. Go ahead.
1: Um, but I, I think the scary thing is is Patty and Tyreek, they've been struggling the past couple weeks. I could see this easily being a get-back game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Washington's defense has nearly lived up to the hype this year. No, they've been awful. So so I think, I mean, and the thing is, is like I think they're probably pissed off at this point, and they're going to try and get things right. We'll see if they actually do um and then the other thing is like i mentioned earlier about the the raiders getting back waller's been i know he's still like a fourth or fifth tight end just because tight ends are so volatile but he's been a disappointment you know after that first week i was like damn dude is he like the best tight end in the nfl and then i haven't paid attention but um like i don't know why he's not doing as well but like i i could see him having a big week just because it's been a while so
0: you say that but if you really look at his numbers This is what he did last year, too, and that's what he did the year before. Like I owned him before, so I kind of was more in tune with it, but he has this kind of aura to him where you think he's doing amazing and everything. Because even in games he doesn't put up huge numbers in, the plays that he's making and the targets he's getting are still there. It's just Derek Carr isn't consistent enough to keep him good basically um i would say it's not really on waller if he ever doesn't do amazing it's mostly on Derek carr so this is just kind of what i've seen him do and it's unfortunate but you're gonna win weeks with him so that's what you're at tight end if you can win a week you're pretty happy with that so um yeah it's just kind of what happens sometimes with waller from what i've seen but like you said, he's kind of due. And I would be scared if I was Dakota because of that. Um, I think Cooper could have a nice game as well if he's healthy. Um, New England seems like they take down more so the number one threat. So they could. I don't know if they would consider Zeke or CD as the number one threat. Obviously, if it's Zeke, that double benefits Matt. Either way, I think this is one of those ones where you go try and ensure you might go a bit more Cooper this week um i could see it just being cd and cooper and then them trying to load up on the run game and take away zeke so um that could definitely benefit matt
1: yeah i think just looking at this matchup and then like looking at dakota's side uh, as in i I just i think it's definitely one of those like could go either way type games but i just think i just looking at it i think dakota's got some tough matchups um just like aj brown with buffalo buffalo's defense i think has been like the best in the nfl um So, and then like Kyler and D Hop going to Cleveland, I think that's going to be another low-scoring game like they had last week. And then I could see like I know that um, it's a home game for the Ravens, but I could see like the Chargers coming in there um, and it being like a mucked-up game just because it'll be a ten o'clock start for the Chargers from them being on the West Coast. And then as then I could see Hollywood's been inconsistent his whole career. I know he's done really well this year, but I could see him coming back down to earth too. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's still not shown that he's sure hands yet. And Lamar could just have a game where he goes for, what, 20 rushes or something like that. Um, I think the Chargers are really, really good too. I think they're the better team in this matchup. Um, I might favor Baltimore because they're at home. And like you said, it's an early game for the Chargers coming across. But from what I've also heard, that's not really a thing anymore. I've heard it was more of a thing back when Basically, they were j- taking regular flights across the country. They were in like economy class, just like cramped up in the back there. And then they get off the plane, and then they go play a football game type of thing the next day. Um, nowadays, obviously, their chartered flights huge room, and it's not really that big of a deal for them to take a what a five hour trip across the, the country. Um, so I've heard it's less of a thing nowadays. But we'll have to see how they handle it new coach there seems like he he finally figured out some things goes for it on basically every fourth down which love to see it as a fantasy manager cuz i don't if they score on them that's cool with me cuz then that means that we have to throw a bit more to eckler and uh, mike williams and all of that stuff and honestly when you have that offense you're willing to give up some easy scores the other way because you know you can answer them and it seems more times than not it's been the right call so um definitely love that but that could also be good for for Hollywood we'll have to see um if the Ravens get down again maybe they have to throw again so um I'm not really sure about the Ravens they seem very hit or miss my biggest thing is if I'm gonna pick Matt I'm hoping that I know what his running back health is because Joe Mixon against Detroit he should kill it in that game but I don't know how healthy he is is he gonna get like 10 carries or is he gonna get 25 like he normally does so if matt's running backs are healthy i would go with him for the upset here otherwise i think the safe pick is definitely just go dakota
1: yeah i think i mean it depends on workload but mixon was questionable going into last week and he i think he got like what 10 carries um he 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 didn't really do much but he got that touchdown um but he uh if he gets the workload if he gets the usage i mean you know how it is man you play detroit that's a that's a great fantasy matchup for anyone playing them so
0: yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Matt. I, I have a feeling about this upset, and uh, honestly, I'm rooting against Dakota just because his team is very strong, and he's in my division, and uh, just kind of want to push him away from me. So if I lose this week, I don't have to worry about Dakota just breathing down my throat here. Um, but who you got in this one?
1: Um, I'm going to go with the Jack sex abbers. Just got to love the team image as well with fucking Kale and that jacked-ass body. So it's let's,
0: fantastic. let's go with that. Yep. All right, so we're both rolling for the upset with the Jack te- sex havers. Uh Move on to the next matchup. We've got the Jinx Monks versus Nook if you buck. Um, good week to catch Brown coming off of the Barkley injury. He's got Mitchell and Galladay on. Uh, well, Galladay is not playing. It's crazy. Like The only team in the league that doesn't think two IR spots are enough is Brown probably because his entire team- bench is basically hurt. And he's using both spots up. It's just, it's crazy, but uh, he still has a decent team out there. Um, but first look, I'm rolling with with Deco- or, uh, David. Um, seems like he has more of a full roster at least.
1: Yeah, it's really funny that you say that. I think I think Brown, if anybody, after the past few years, might uh, suggest uh, to good old commission the rest of us to maybe have like three IR spots. I think four's too many, but um, I think after his past two years, he might uh, he might lean that way.
0: Yeah, and I think I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, the waiver wire just seems very very thin nowadays. And I have a feeling that it's mostly because of our IR spots and us adding the extra ones. And I kind of like that, where um, you just kind of have to be on your game on the on the waiver wire to be able to get guys. You still get the guys week to week that uh, everyone puts in the waivers for, but Um, I definitely like having the IR spots for sure, because it just kind of thins things out, which in my opinion makes it like the, the better managers are going to take the wins there.
1: No, I definitely agree because it's one of those things where like, you know, if it's a 12 man team league, like, I feel like you would expect this similar type of, um, situation with the benches, but we only have a 10 team league and like, there's been leagues that I've been in before where there's plenty of good players still out on the, on the, uh, uh, waiver wire. I mean, even midseason, but like you said, like with our two IR spots, then I feel like most of us stay on top of this, uh, like a lot. So it's just, it's, it's hard to come by.
0: Yeah. I think Dakota is like the least one. And we already said like the reason for that is he already has a good team. So he doesn't really need to make the moves, but, but, uh, yeah. What do you think of this matchup though?
1: Um, I'm going to lean the other way. I think I, I, Previously looked at these matchups, and I'm gonna lean with uh with Brown here. Um, I think that's awfully scary. Like Thursday night games, regardless, can be like a shit show, and maybe Brady and Evans don't perform well. But oh man, them going against Philadelphia. I mean, the thing is that maybe they have to come down to earth at some point, and this could be that week. But I that would that would frighten me. Uh, being Cook, and then DJ Moore had a down week last week. Um, Minnesota secondary I feel like I didn't see They obviously did well against the Browns
0: No they're Um, not They're good against the Browns because the Browns aren't trying to throw Um, They're not good
1: But DJ Moore man I was looking at Brown. Like I was going to propose a trade to him For Moore and try and figure something out But the problem is my receivers haven't been Consistent so I couldn't figure something out that way But I love DJ Moore man Like I watched him in the Cowboys game That dude he's probably the most underrated Receiver in all of football um, yeah, i agree and then he looks great and then gibson like like we were saying earlier he is dealing with that like i think it's like a slight shin fracture like it's something like not good long term um but him going against kansas city i think that's like a i guess that's that's pretty much kind of like a uh a game you know as in like pretty much how the game flow goes as in like if kansas it city shit on, it's not good but if they can stay in it he might uh he you know they
0: they job. don't have a defense like he could get 10 yards a carry so he won't need a whole lot but with that injury plus like you said it's i think kansas city is going to run them out of the building like i don't know if you can trust that um but what you were saying earlier with philly uh with tampa bay going to philly i'm just going to tell you now as the person leading the league and pick them go pick the bucks uh, they will cover that seven um I think Philly looked absolutely awful last week. They ended up winning, but anyone who actually watched that game can't feel good about the Eagles. Let me just say that. Um, I don't think they figured anything out. I think they just ended up just kind of pulling it out and gritting it out, but you're not going to be able to do that against a team like Tampa Bay. I think they're going to get down early and it's not going to be a fun game to be an Eagles fan. Kale, you might want to skip that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could easily see Tampa beating the brakes off of them. Um, The one thing I will give Brown is if there's one game for Allen Robinson to finally show up this year, I could see it being against the Packers. Um, And if he doesn't, then I don't really have much hope for the guy because, I mean, like, I like Stokes, the rookie corner that Green Bay has, but he's a rookie corner at the end of the day. Allen Robinson, I mean, he's one of the best receivers, as in one of the better receivers, I guess, now after, you know, how this year has gone. But before this year, man, like, I would consider, you know, A-Rob borderline top 10 receiver. So it's like,
0: I don't think he's getting shut down by the cornerbacks. It's more so by the quarterbacks.
1: Oh, hundred percent. So that's the thing. Like, it's just, that's the issue is like, it has nothing. So the thing I'll give him is if there's a game for him to have a good game, it'll be this weekend. And I'm not saying he will have like 30 or 40 points, but get him like a solid, like 16 to 20 points, get a touchdown or something. Like I could see Robinson having a good game.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I'm going to roll with cook though. Um, let's not spend too much more time on this matchup, but uh I-, I like Dalvin coming back. I think he's gonna have a nice game against Carolina. Um Kareem Hunt's been solid. Uh I think this is a digs game. Monday night against Tennessee's awful defense. I think he's gonna blow up here. Uh Cousins should be fine against Carolina, Metcalf should be fine. Uh it seems like Gino is force feeding him as the last two drives show. So I think he will be fine. Um, Higby against the Giants should actually be pretty good. He might get a touchdown in that one. Uh, I do think it'll be close. And I mean, I mean I've mean, i already said it, but Brady could just kind of win this week by himself like he almost did last week. And this could all be a moot point. But outside of Brady and Evans, I don't really... Well, Brady, Evans, and Moore, I should say. I don't really trust the rest of them. Um, I would trust Gibson normally if he was healthy. But I just... I don't know if you can trust them. I think this could be more so a McKissick game where they're down, they're trying to throw it. I might try to sneak McKissick in there and honestly maybe just go roll double Washington running backs and just see how that goes Um, because Cleveland's defense has been really tough, and I don't know if Jimmy Connor can
1: get anything in them. But
0: uh, I'll be rolling with Cook. You going with Brown there?
1: I'm going with knuck if you buck.
0: All righty. You are the Brown stan of the league, so I guess it's only right. Number one fan. Double Ryan sticking with each other. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on to my matchup here. Matchup of the week. The 4-1 Barbage Time comes in versus the 4-1 Wheelie Bros. Barbs versus Germ. And I honestly like looking at it. I just I like Germ's team a lot better this week, honestly. Uh, not trying to put my team down necessarily, but um, without Camara in there. And then I'm going up against a full-strength Germ team, Wheelie Bros., um his team's just been killing it this year. I gotta give him credit. I put him at number one in my power rankings for a reason, and I, I definitely like it.
1: Yeah, I I think this is definitely I think this is a close one too, though. I think you both have really good matchups. Um like as in I I mean like clearly Chase versus Detroit. I mean that's kind of scary. As in I think he'll get at least a big play touchdown there. Um cups been cut um godwin's been decent but um as in he could pop off and then you know how it i know buffalo's had a great defense but derrick henry's derrick henry it doesn't matter you could put the best defenses defensive players of all time out there on the same team and he'd still get 20 um taylor versus houston's absolutely frightening um but then like i i mean like i like Dak versus new england to be honest um as then i know belichick's supposed to be you know the goat and whatnot, but I, Dak's been having a great year. And then um, Scary Terry versus Kansas City. I absolutely, I think, I think if there's a week for him to have thirty to forty points, it's this one. Um, Woods. I think they're gonna try and continue that that uh, momentum that they got last week targeting him. And then, I mean, if you watch Baltimore's defense, I mean, they cut them up in the past game with the running back. So Eckler's gonna have a great one there i just think i think you guys have really good matchups on both sides so i could anticipate a high scoring game with you guys
0: yeah i definitely think this is you're gonna have to score 170 to win it um normally i if i get 150 i'm pretty happy with the week if i get 150 this week i don't think it'll be enough to win for sure like you said um my big conundrum obviously is that my rb2 now that camara is out um harris has the rib issue he fumbled last week he did come back in for a little bit so it doesn't seem like he's 100 doghouse it might have actually been the ribs but i don't think i can trust belichick go ahead and run out the running back after he fumbled and uh against dallas i think New England's going to be down they're not going to be looking to run the ball as much especially not with harris who doesn't really catch the ball that much Not that he can't, he just doesn't get thrown to. So, probably roll with Booker there. I think my biggest thing is I need Claypool to to do well against Seattle on Sunday night. Um, It seems like he has the trust of Big Ben for Ben just to kind of throw it up to him. And, I mean, like we were saying earlier, he's basically just like Mike Williams is, where he'll go up and catch anything. So, I need some big games for sure. If McLaurin, Eckler, and Claypool can have a big game, along with Dak putting up 30, I could definitely see myself pulling it out. I think Cooks is going to have a decent game against Indy, um, and we'll have to see what the top three tight end does against the Chargers defense, who just gave up, what, 40-something against the Browns. So um, I definitely like the matchups, like you said, but I like them on both sides. And the only matchup I don't like is Derrick Henry against Buffalo. And like you were saying, I think he's matchup proof. So I don't think you're worrying too much about him. Um, Jonathan Taylor could totally put up 50, though, against
1: Houston. No, definitely. I I could see this matchup coming down to, like, a couple of, like, random, like, either, like, the specialty groups with the kickers in defense or, like, you know, like, let's say you have Booker pop off or he doesn't do shit or, like, Germ has someone like Gaseki or Sutton pop off or something. Um, but I could definitely see the biggest thing is, is minimizing those guys that get you, like, and obviously we have no control over that shit, but I just mean, like, having guys that get three or four points because I think you're, you both are going to have a couple guys that get 20 to 30
0: yeah i will say an x-factor like you're saying could be the defense where my rams are going up against the giants who don't have saquon they don't have uh danny dimes like that could be a a nice 20 point week for the rams here um i could definitely see aaron donald feasting on that offensive line there in the in new york um so definitely could see that and maybe that's the x-factor for me but i'm gonna go ahead and just rely on derrick henry and Taylor and I'm gonna roll with Germ here.
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with based off the projection. I'm gonna go with the upset and go with you, Barber. Switch it up, why not?
0: I appreciate that. Um, I I do think it'll be close, and I don't think these projections are anywhere close to where it's actually gonna be. So, um, it'll be fun to to have that matchup though. Should be a good one, Germ. Looking forward to it. Let's move on to our next last matchup. We got Complicated Fellows versus think You Come Again, and. Lucky you. Christian McCaffrey looks like he might be playing this week, and he gets Minnesota's awful defense,
1: though. Yeah, um, not looking forward to that. The only thing that can give me hope in regards to just, you know, him, uh, just McCaffrey is hoping that somehow they lessen his workload because he's coming off that hamstring. Um, We'll see about that because I know Carolina loves to love him into the fucking ground regardless of who their coach is. Um the one thing that's just funny to me is like I mean I know I threw Cobb in there and he's only projected five, but it's like man, my projection, I don't know if I've seen a projection that low this year. 122.
0: That is pretty low for someone who has a full roster, because sometimes it's low, but they don't have a defense or a kicker. But um yeah, that's it's a rough projection there. Um I will say for you, Najee against Seattle. I think Pittsburgh. They should win that game, right? They're at home versus Seattle, Sunday night football. Could be Big Ben's last time on Sunday night football. You know, um, what's his face? Collinsworth is going to be jerking him off in his whole season and everything, even though he hasn't been. This is Big Ben I'm talking about. Hasn't been actually that great. But I could totally see him loving Harris here. Uh, this guy's just, he's a monster out here, and he's only a rookie. He catches the ball. He got 15 targets in one game. Uh, I, I just love him. I just love them.
1: Yeah, I'll be I'll be intrigued to see like I, the thing is with the Steelers and just cause like most of my best friends are diehard Steelers fans. It's like the games that you expect them to win, they just don't do it. And like you know, like obviously the Broncos game last week, they probably should have won that, and they did. But there's like certain games where it's like now if Russ was playing, as then like the funny thing is, I would probably lean towards the Steelers because I think with Russ playing, Seattle would probably be. I don't. It'd probably be still like a pick'em, or like Seattle be slightly favored by a a couple points. But I'd probably lean Pittsburgh. But with Gino going in there, like I, I don't know. As bizarre as that sounds, but um, yeah. As in like on paper, I mean, just like if you look at it, I would think that you know what Pittsburgh's first prime time game of the year over at Heinz Field. I would think that they would they should have a good game, and that Najee. I think Najee definitely should have a good one.
0: Yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's Geno Smith, and this could be one of those games where it's a trap game. Uh, Steelers right now are five-point favorites, which I think they, they'll they cover that, but at the same time, it's only five after losing. Supposedly, um, Seahawks were favored by two points with Russell, so it's a seven-point swing, I believe, um, to go to Geno. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't think Carson's healthy right now, and I, I could definitely see Pittsburgh winning that game and Najee being a huge reason because of it. But, yeah, what how's Rogers done against Chicago in the past? Has he really t- tore him up, or is it mostly he just does what he needs to to get the win?
1: Uh, he, I mean, the thing is, fantasy point-wise, I'm not really sure, but he absolutely tortures him. Uh, I saw a stat today where, um, what is it, in the past however many games, he's had like – so his – so the thing is, the Bears have always had like a solid defense. I mean, that's what they're known for. Obviously, the reason they're never that good is their offense always sucks, but his career passer rating versus the Bears is like 107.5 or something, something around there. Um, I mean, he just, it's one of those things where it's like classic, just like competitor, like rises to the occasion and like bears. Cause the thing is, is like, I'll, I'll say this much as much as like, as of since we've been alive, like obviously the Vikings have been way better than the Bears, but like the Packers' biggest rival is definitely the Bears. Um, so that's always been like a big thing is Bears Week. So he's always done well against them. So I I think his projection I don't I don't see him going for like forty or fifty because he hasn't done that this year, but I think his projection is slightly low, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Then we look to the other side. Matthew Stafford against the Giants. You love that matchup. I think the Giants are really... I I shouldn't say that because they have really played well under Judge no matter what the situation. He's always had them perform and try hard. Um, I just i don't know. The Rams are very good, and I could see Stafford having a nice week this week. Justin Jefferson's been killing it. Um, Keenan Allen hasn't been there, but... I feel like against the Ravens on the road, this might be more of a him week than it is a Mike Williams week. I I could see him finding spots in the Ravens zone and uh, just kind of digging or dunking down the field and him having a nice game there. Deontay, Devontae Smith, I'm not sure what to think of him. Versus Tampa, I think Tampa's going to destroy the Eagles, but that could be a good thing for him because obviously they'll have to throw the ball a bit more. So... I think he's a hit or miss guy that could key on him since he is the only one in the passing offense right now. Goddard's out. Um, it, it seems like P- Philly doesn't have a whole lot of options. Jalen Hurts has not been good throwing the ball. Um, I don't care what stats say. He has not been good throwing the ball it, it, if you just watch him. Um, so I don't know if I trust him in this matchup but Daryl Henderson against the Giants, again, another big good matchup there. I think the Rams are gonna have a nice one. And then CMC, if he's healthy, he's gonna put up twenty to thirty. You know it's gonna happen. So it's like how healthy is he? I think even when he's not healthy, he's putting up at least fifteen. And I'm probably actually leaning toward think you come again in this one. Uh Fournette, we've I've just I've been harping on it, but Tampa should be up on Philly and Fournette's gonna get his work. Um now I don't necessarily think he has a better team than you, Warner. I just think this week it kind of matches up where you're hitting him on a bad week.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, looking at Yogi's matchups, I mean, I I do think he has a dream like scenario where he is in Stafford, great matchup. Jefferson, I don't really care who Jefferson's going against; he's going to ball out. I definitely agree with you on the Allen thing, isn't that's like a low key thing where it's like that might be a kind of a monkey game and Allen on. The, Getting a ton of targets in the uh, like short passing game, Smith's blowout, so definitely gonna get some garbage time stuff. And then Henderson's been doing well. And then if McCaffrey gets the touches, you know he's gonna get fifteen to twenty minimum. So um, yeah, I mean honestly, man, like I, I I'm probably leaning Yogi myself. Um, so you know I'll, I'll give Yogi some props. I was talking some shit on him earlier, um, just because he does need to show up to the draft for one time. One time for the one time, but um, yeah. Has, I mean, has he shown I'll, up I'll, since you, you
0: were in the league? What was that? Has he shown up to the draft since you came in the league? I, I don't think he has. Has he? He
1: is, He has not. No, Yogi's been in a no show every year since I've joined. Maybe he that's was, the. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's just you know he's he just he's doesn't like, want to hang out with you, man. In this league now.
0: Yeah, he just doesn't want to hang out with you. He used to show up decently, um, but I think ever since he's moved away, he hasn't shown up to a draft. So we'll have to see if we can get him next year. I mean. I know he probably doesn't listen to this either, but at the end of the day, Yogi, that place was awesome last year. If we end up having to go there again this year, I think we'll be pretty happy about that. So I know we're going to try to branch out and see, but uh, as a backup plan every year, I think that place is amazing. So.
1: Um, I yeah, I personally like i got the same sentiment, man. Like, isn't like I think it'd be cool if we check different spots out, but we should always look into that place. Like that that was an awesome. That was just a cool little like we're literally in some shit town in Delaware, like <laughs> in, like but like right next to that river. It was it was cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as we have alcohol and fantasy and yard games, I think we're good to go. We had awful weather and we still had a fantastic time there. So. I can only imagine if it's sunny out, we're able to spend all day grilling and just chilling outside there. It could be even better. So um, it was fun, but it could be even better in the future. So definitely got to get you out there, Yogi. Um, but I will be rolling with you there. Um, and sounds like you are as well, Warner.
1: I'm rolling with the yokester, man. Why not?
0: All righty, well that wraps up the the previews um should be a good week again there's a lot of uh tough decisions to pick so i could definitely see some of these matchups going different ways seeing some upsets here or there um but warner did you say you had a recommendation that you wanted to give the league?
1: no i figured i'd just plug in my random one there um I honestly figured that we've ran so long tonight that it's like, might as well just cut it short.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a bit long of a podcast, so <laughs> we won't hold you any longer. I appreciate you coming on, Warner, and uh, breaking this down. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the the rambles and uh, got a little bit here and there. Um, kind of kept it pretty civil between the Packers-Vikings, so it was pretty good, but... Uh, Good luck to you this week, Warner. Um, I think we both have tough, tough matchups, even though you're <laughs> facing the last place guy I'm facing the first place. But honestly, I could see them putting up similar points. So um, definitely going to be a tough week for everyone here. Um, good luck to everyone. Pick the the
1: Bucks on Thursday. That's my recommendation for the league. And uh, have a good one.